0: Good morning, Every Nation family. It's good that you clap for uh, Sarah and Nintendo there. Uh, on Friday, we had our Every Nation Volunteer Thanksgiving event, and we got to see the bloopers of some of this. So we actually wanna we wanna play them at church one of the Sundays, just to see what happens in the background. So we encourage them by clapping hands uh, for all the work that goes to this. Um, As uh, David Webb mentioned, um, and he nearly stole my thunder, but thank you for not stealing my thunder. Um, By the way, I'm recovering from flu. This last week, uh, my body reminded me that it's time to go on sabbatical. We do sabbatical every seven years, and I'm grateful to this church that we can do this, that as pastors, we can have time of rest, reflection, and also just uh, reading and being in the Word and just being with God to be recharged for the next season. Can I hear amen to that? Awesome. Awesome. So we're grateful that we can do that. So this week, this is what we're launching, Every Nation Classified. Let's help each other out as a community in an effort to assist and support our church community and family. We've created this page on our website where you can be able to get information about accommodation, employment, and small businesses owned by members of our church. What is great about this is uh, if there's a plumber in the church you don't have to go too far you find someone in the church if there is an electrician an it person you can find them here in the church we need to put one disclaimer though if you're not satisfied with the services if you're not satisfied with the services you can complain and we as BIRS, uh, every nation BIRS, we reserve the right to remove that business from, that, uh, from, from our website. So we're just saying, if you are going to put your name up there, know that we expect high-quality standards. Can I hear amen to that? Good. This is how it looks on our classified page, accommodation offered, employment, and small businesses. Um, to also mention that there will, there's a form that you feel And that form, as you fill it, will be submitted to the office. In the form, we're going to ask if you're a member of this church and if you're in a connect group. And we're going to contact your connect group leader to make sure that you are in a connect group. And I have a bigger amen for that one. (laughs) I want to honor Mesha. If Mesha is here, Mesha, please stand. She leads our biz. Mesha, please stand. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mesha. You can contact Mesha or Senaco in the office or anyone else if you want to hear more about this program. I know that some people have offered to even help uh, people who may need to prepare their CVs uh, to be able to get jobs. So we're grateful that we can be part of this and do this for our church. This links so much with the sermon series we are doing, Ekaya. Let's Talk About Home. Because this is home, this is family, this is community. We want to look after each other. We want to help those who may find themselves in places where they cannot get a job or their business is not doing well, that those who have done well in business can be able to help them. So Ekaya, let's talk about home. Today we focus on calling up. You know, last week, uh, Pastor Dennis spoke so well about creating culture in our families, in our homes, not just for single people. I liked what Pastor Jessie said last week. She said, like, even before you get married, you need to think about the culture that you're creating in your relationships today. So don't wait until you are married. So calling up, we're looking at how do we call each other up to the God's given destinies that God has for us. I have a testimony for you. Uh, a lady in our church this last Monday she was flying to Bloemfontein, and on the plane, she realized that the president of the country was there, flying economy, how's that for our leader, I tell you, and sitting next to the president, there was an empty seat, and this lady went and sat next to the president and asked the president, so how are you coping with your new job? I like that, eh? Just like that, eh? Salt, you start the conversation, you ask the question, and then you listen, before you tell a story, she listened. For 20 minutes, the president was sharing with her how uh, he's finding his job. And the lady at the end, she said, can I pray for you? And the president received the prayer. This is the president of the country. <laughs> laid hands on on the, on the plane. And I believe that's huge for us. For those who were at Angus Barkin's prayer recently, you know that millions of people were there praying for the president. And we trust that we will see change in our nation with this new leadership. This is someone in the church who had the audacity to go and just pray for the president. Just one. Just one. Just one. We start with the president. We start with the president from the top. So as we talk about uh, calling up, this is a scripture that I want us to read today. The story of Paul and Timothy. We know how we read 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. What an amazing, amazing story of this relationship between Paul and Timothy. But today, I want to take you to where the story began. You know, we hear a lot of sermons being preached about Paul and Timothy. And also later today, if we have time, I'll mention a few charges that uh, Paul gave to Timothy to charge him up, to call him up to his destiny. But where did it begin? And this is where it began. We're going to read from uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Timothy joins Paul and Silas. Paul also came to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on, Their way through the cities, they delivered to them the observance of the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and they increased in numbers daily. May the Lord bless the reading of our word. Amen. When I read this portion of Scripture, there's a couple of things that stand out for us, and I believe we can draw some principles in the way that we build our homes, in the way that we disciple those God entrusts to us to disciple, to mentor, and to coach. The first thing I pick up from this is the Bible calls Timothy a disciple, meaning that Timothy was one who had already given his life to the Lord, and the Bible also says that he was well spoken of by the brothers. It means he was a man of good character. There was something that made Timothy to stand out. You know, I never forget um, Pastor Roger just encouraging us and saying, look for men and women of character and disciple them because they will do the same. And you know, that's exactly the same charge that Paul gave to Timothy. To Paul, modeling to us here, looking for a man of character. But something interesting happens. The Bible says Timothy was from a multicultural family. He had a Jewish mother who was a believer and a Greek father who was an unbeliever, but Paul takes him on under his wing, and the first thing he does is he gets him circumcised, and I was thinking to myself, man, Paul realizing that if I'm to take this man to go and preach the gospel with him, there are certain things that will hinder him to be able to spread the gospel, and therefore the role of the spiritual fathers and mothers is to help remove the hindrances that stops us from achieving our destinies. You know, I didn't want to go into the Kosa culture. I'll leave that for Seville. But we understand, Sif, that this is critical. For some people, they won't even let you marry their daughter. Let's not go there. Timothy. Timothy was to be circumcised, and Paul took him there to be circumcised because he knew that was going to stop him from achieving what God wanted him to achieve. It would be a hindrance So I believe that the role of us, spiritual fathers and mothers, is let's look for those things in the people that we're discipling that hinder them from achieving their destinies. I like the fact that when we wrap up this verse, it says that the church was strengthened and the church increased in number because of this partnership. There are certain people that God brings our way for a bigger kingdom purpose. Sometimes we miss this because we are too busy or too preoccupied with life. We need to understand that there are people that God brings our way. And some of those relationships may not always be fun, but God brings them for a reason to stretch us, to bring us to where He wants us to go, to call us up to His destiny that He has for us. So the first thing we see in this scripture is how Paul is taking Timothy under his wing. The second thing we see here is Paul calling Timothy up and these are some of the few things I want to share with you uh, before we, uh, we close today. Is in, in the Scriptures, when you look in 1 Timothy, the Bible explains to us how Paul, in his relationship together with Timothy, he called him up to his God's destiny. We read from 1 Timothy chapter 1. Remember that Paul, uh, Timothy was about 16 years old when Paul took him under his wing and started discipling him. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the command of our God, the Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. The hope we've been praying and singing about this morning. To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God to the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths, endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. If we pause here for a little bit, I'm amazed that Apostle Paul starts by introducing himself in writing to Timothy. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. And then he says to Timothy, my true child in the faith. Paul is saying, you are my son, my spiritual son, my true child in the faith. And looking at this portion of Scripture, he gives him a charge and he says, I urge you when I was going to Macedonia that to remain in Ephesus to charge people not to teach any doctrine other than the one we've already taught. Paul is calling Timothy up and saying, you are my true son in the faith. It's it's so interesting, the progression of their relationship. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing from prison, and he uses different language. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Jesus Christ, to Timothy, my beloved child, Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our desire as a church committee, as a church community, is that we will not have disposable relationships. Our desire is that we will build, like Paul and Timothy built, to the point where Paul can say to Timothy, "My beloved child in the Lord." Our desire is that we can build through our small groups and when you meet on Sunday and gather, that beyond the Sunday, we build deep tissue relationships, that we can look and care for each other the way Scripture exhorts us to pray for each other. I like the fact that um, spiritual family is a place where no one can be, felt, can be left out. Spiritual family, as God says in His Word, that God sets the lonely in family. Spiritual family is where no son, no child, no daughter must be left out. And spiritual family, it's a place where we look for those who are lonely and say, how can we look after them? How can we care for them? That's why I love the Tandanani Project. I'm always challenged by, it's one thing to, to share the gospel with the president, with the wealthy, but what about those who are downtrodden in society? What about those who have been sidelined? What about those whose circumstances have pushed them aside? We need to make it our goal to be a family. It is our desire to be a family. I just want to share the story with you. To say, as a church, we're constantly looking for people who need us to walk alongside them. A couple of years ago, a mother in the church, a um, single mother, raising a child by herself, my wife and I, we came alongside her, and we started discipling this boy, and he came to our house some weekends, and uh, I taught him how to swim, I taught him how to drive, and right now as I'm speaking to you, he's doing his master's in economics at Stellenbosch University. He needed someone to call him up. He needed someone to tell him, you've got a destiny in God. This last week, we were communicating on WhatsApp, and you telling me that he's having uh, an opportunity to go to the Netherlands for six months as part of his master's program. And I'm there, and in my heart I'm thinking, he just needed someone to tell him, you can make it. You can make it. Circumstances must not decide for you who you can be. Just because your father rejected you does not mean the father rejects you. Circumstances may say one thing, but our God sets the lonely in family. And I believe there's many more stories in this house of people just being there for each other, encouraging one another to what our God-given destinies. That's what calling up is about. And I share with you briefly some of the trustworthy sayings that Paul gives to Timothy that I believe will apply to us today. Paul's trustworthy sayings. the first one, he says, Timothy, this charge I entrust to you, Timothy. My child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenus and Alexandra, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Strong words there. Some of them have handed over to Satan because what they've done, they've shipwrecked their faith by moving away, rejecting this truth that I'm charging you for. The words I want to bring your attention to is this. What an amazing charge. I charge you to wage war with the prophecies that have been given to you. I charge you to wage war. I feel like sometimes we take for granted the prophetic words we receive. Either prophetic way to receive as a church or prophetic way to receive individually. But here Apostle Paul says to Timothy, I charge you to wage war with those prophecies. I charge you to take those prophecies that have been spoken over your life to be able to face the devil, especially in the time of trouble, and say, this is what God said. You know, a few weeks ago, you would remember when I was going to parliament, a day before we went, you know, Roger prayed over me this prayer that was so profound. He said, sir, I pray that the Lord will help you to wage war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. You know, that was an amazing prayer because Roger and I, we've been in a kingdom partnership for over 24 years now. We've known each other for that long that he knows the prophecies that have been spoken over my life. And he can call those prophecies out and he could charge me. And as I was walking from the hotel room to parliament, I could recite the words that have been spoken over my life. Because someone was appalled to me. Who said, I charge you, I charge you to wage war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. So I want to encourage you to write down those prophecies. Write them down. Record them. Listen to those prophecies because those prophecies, you can wage war with them. You can face the enemies with those prophecies. I charge you to wage war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. When we disciple people, we are calling them up to what someone call it VIP. We are calling them up to their values, to their new identity in Christ, and to their purpose. When we disciple people, we are calling them up to their values, to identity, and to new purpose in Christ. So that purpose is seen through the prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives. Let me put it to you this way. Every Timothy needs a Paul. Every Esther needs a Mordecai. Every Elisha needs an Elijah. Every Esther Neither Mordecai who will call them up and say, You are called for such a time as this. We need each other to call each other up and be the family that God has called us to be. You know, one of the things that encouraged me um, with Lindy's trip to Las Vegas, she visited the Mob Museum. And I thought to myself, Only in Las Vegas they have a mafia museum. <laughs> a mafia museum, you know? And I was wondering, why would my wife go visit the mob museum? Maybe the Holy Spirit led her to go visit a mob museum. She was training to be a mafia, she says. But this came from, it was actually encouraged by Francis Chen. Francis Chen, some of you might have had him preach, and he's speaking about why does it look like the gangsters, they look after each other more than the people in the church. Why does it look like that? Why does it look like, you know, gangsters and... People in the world look each after each other, modern people in the church. And if you go to that museum, my wife tells me there's this family. They're called the La Cosa Nostra. Powerful name right there. <laughs> La Cosa Nostra. And, and this, is, this is what they say. If you deal with one of us, you'll have to face all of us. If you deal with one of us, you'll have to face all of us. And I was thinking some of the charges that Paul gave to Timothy. It was to say that as a church family, we need to be looking after each other like that. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 5, Apostle Paul says to Timothy, he says, you know, treat older men as your fathers. Treat older women as your mothers. Treat younger men as your brothers. And treat younger women as your sisters with absolute purity. I like the qualification he adds with younger sisters. Don't take advantage. Teach them treat them with absolute purity. But he's describing family. That that's how we need to look after each other. That is why I'm excited about this classified on our webpage, that we can begin to look after each other. We can begin to say who is in need and how we can come around them. And if someone is facing challenges, we can be there together as a family. I charge you to wage war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. Another wonderful charge is There's actually a couple of them, but I want to pick a few from here. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially to those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, and in faith, and in purity. This is the standard. This is the standard we should live by. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on them. Be diligent in this matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that, by, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. If you do this, you will save who? Both yourself and your hearers. Now, this is a charge that we draw out of the Scripture. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Watch your teaching and doctrine and life closely, and do not neglect your gift. When I read this first phrase, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, I'm saddened by how lately people are moving away from church gatherings like this. People are very happy to gather in their homes and watch TBN and watch uh, Sermon, and then I've done church. But when I listen to this portion of Scripture, it says, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture like we do when we gather together. And he continues to say, watch your teaching and doctrine and lifestyle closely. Watch how you live your life. Watch how you live your life. Watch what you teach because you'll save both your hearers and yourself. The next scripture that takes us to this charge, but you, O men of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about to which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things and to Christ Jesus, who is the testimony before Pontius Pilate, made, made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, this is what I was impressed in my heart that as the children of God, if we are to call each other up, we need to look at these charges and say, how do we live up to these charges? Are we fighting the good fight of faith? So I'm giving you these charges to take home and say, how am I living? How am I being called up to live the way God wants me to live? The next charge is, oh, Timothy. I like how he implores him. He says, oh, Timothy, God, the deposit entrusted to you, avoid the irreverent Bible and contradictions What is falsely called knowledge by those professing, some have swerved from the faith. Some have moved away from the faith because they have neglected these things. He says this, O Timothy, God, the deposit entrusted to you. When people discipled you, they discipled you to a certain standard of living. Are you still living up to that standard? There are many more charges I can give, but I want to share the story with you. And then we pray. Regarding A couple of years ago, listening to him preach, he says, when he started playing pool, he was exposed to some mean pool players. He was exposed to guys who could jump the table, who were really, really good at pool. And he went to one of them and he said, you are such a great pool player, I want to learn from you so that I can also be an A-level pool player. And this guy says, no, 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 I'm not an A-level pool player, I'm only... A B-level pool player. And he asked him, why you say you're B-level? Because you play to me like an A-level player. And the guy says, when I was formed as a pool player, I was only exposed to B-level pool players. I was not exposed to A-level pool players. So it means that when I play now, I play up to the level of those I was exposed to. So this to me says, when we disciple people, what are we exposing them to? When we disciple people and charge them up to their God-given destinies, not only with our words, but with our lives. You know, I was so blown away by someone saying, thank you for leading this church with integrity. Because that's how I want it to be known, to be said about me. I don't want it to be on the news that one day he did this and the other day he did something else. We want to expose ourselves to high levels of integrity. We want to live to high levels of integrity. Why? Because that's the charge, the trustworthy sayings that Scripture is giving us, to live up to the good deposit that was entrusted to us. So let us live as those who can not only speak and preach to people but live a lifestyle they can call people up to their God-given destinies. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that, God, we will take a challenge from this words, Father God, of just how Paul took Timothy under his wings. So the question we have for ourselves today is, Lord, help us to Find those people, Father God, that you are calling, that we can walk with and disciple, Father God, and expose them to high levels of standards of integrity and excellence, Father God. That, God, we will not settle for less, Father God, but, God, we will give our best in everything that we do, Father. Lord, as a church family, as a church community, God, we pray that we will call each other up, Father God, to high standards of purity, Father God. To high standards of excellence to the glory of your name, Father. Father, I pray that we will not be like those who start well and finish not so well, Father God. We want to start well and finish strong, Father. Lord, I pray that this morning as you're challenging us, may we find those Timothy's in our lives, Father God, that we need to call up. And Lord, may we find those Pauls in our lives that will call us up to our destinies, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ with our heads bowed in this time of prayer, I just want to give an opportunity to those who are here and they say, I need a Paul in my life. I need to be a disciple. I need to be called up to my destiny. You are here and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. I want you to just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray for you. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you, my brother at the back. Anyone else? You know, you know, as I was speaking, The Lord was speaking to you. The Holy Spirit was speaking to you that it's time for you to come up into your destiny and you've not been in that destiny. Thank you at the back. Anyone else? Anyone else? We're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. So from today on, you will live a life that pleases Him as a Timothy unto God. Thank you so much. For those who raised their hands, anyone else want to raise your hand so we can pray with you? Thank you so much. Thank you. For those who raise your hands, we're going to ask you to come to the front. If you have your belongings, just bring them with you. We want to pray with you. We're not going to ask you to say anything. We just want to pray with you. If you raise your hand, please come to the front so we can pray with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for those who raise their hand. Thank you, my brother. Please come and stand over here. Anyone there at the back, you want to come? Thank you, my sister. We want to pray with you. We believe that God is uh, calling you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this great people that are standing here. We pray your grace. We pray your strength, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that as Paul was to Timothy, I pray that we will take the responsibility to disciple them, Father. To bring them up to their God-given destiny, Father. We pray, Lord God, claiming their past, present, and future. To the glory of your name we pray. Amen.